Welcome back to another episode of the Beer Truth Podcast. I'm Tom, and today we are going to talk about wet hops. Well, I'm going to talk about wet hops, and the rest is up to you. Uh, it's that time of the year. Uh, it is September, early September, that I am recording this, and the hop harvest is underway. Uh, it has been for a few days, probably close to a week or so, and... Uh, it's a very exciting time in craft beer. Uh, this time of the year is very exciting. There's uh, hop harvest, uh, at least in the northern hemisphere, and uh, Oktoberfest beers are coming out. Pumpkin beers are coming out, which is fucking bullshit, but that's just my opinion. Pumpkin beers are fucking stupid. Uh, but it is the hop harvest, and Oktoberfest season is upon us. Uh, well, hop harvest is upon us. Oktoberfest season is, I guess, here. It's not actually Oktoberfest yet, but uh, Oktoberfest beers are out there on the shelves, so uh, I guess we'll go with that. But anyway, uh, today's episode talking about wet hops, fresh hops, uh, green hops, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they are unprocessed, unkilned hops, a.k.a. wet hops, and uh, relatively new in the craft beer world, uh, last two or three decades, uh, wet hops, fresh hops have really become, uh, kind of the, I guess, phenomenon that they are now. Uh, you know, it really only lasts two, three weeks, um, because the point is hops as fresh as possible, uh, unprocessed, unkilned, uh, not dried, and, they produce some some very different products from hops uh, or beers with hops that have been pelletized, dried, kilned, processed. But yeah, really a pretty different product uh, for the beer than than using pelletized or even whole cone hops that are dried. Uh, pretty different product going into the beer. Uh, and so, like I said, uh, late August, early September. Um, this is the beginning of the hop season, or hop harvest, uh, and aroma hops are harvested generally before bittering hops. Um, so, you know, depending on the alpha acid levels in the hops, uh, they will harvest them differently because the really the main point of fresh hops is the aromas, the flavors, uh, they're not going to be used for bittering because that pretty much entirely defeats the purpose of using fresh hops, wet hops, and you want to get it in the kettle uh, as as soon as possible because, uh, I mean, like I said, it's a basic point. It's That is the main point is uh, getting different aromas and different flavors that you're not going to get other times of the year. Um, so... Uh, aroma hops are harvested a little bit earlier. Uh, higher alpha acid hops that are used mostly for bittering are harvested a little bit later on. Uh, I think in part because there's only so many hours in the day. Um, so mid to late September is kind of the uh, bittering hops harvest, which is you know not what's going to be used so much for fresh hops uh, because they're going to be used differently than wet hops or in general aroma hops uh just kind of a different purpose for them so 
these freshly picked hops, um, especially wet hops that are not going to be kilned and dried, are about 80% moisture, which is very different from hops that are kilned, processed, dried, uh, and used throughout the year, which are kilned and dried down to about 9 to 10% moisture. So really, really big difference there, uh, which means that those hops that are not kiln, not dried, wet hops, what we're talking about, uh, you got to use a lot more of them to get the same amount of oils, uh, lupulin into your beer because it's the same amount. Uh, it's basically the same amount in the wet hop versus the processed hop. So the wet hop is not processed. It is just the whole hop flour, hop cone, and that takes up a lot more space than processed hop pellets. So you got to use a lot more of it to get the same, uh, a lot more volume of it to get the same result out of the, uh, the lupulin that you're using hops for 99% in the first place. Um, and so wet hops degrade very quickly. Uh, if hops in general degrade very quickly, if not properly dried and processed. So that's why they are processed and dried and kilned and packaged and stored cold and all that. Uh, because generally you're not going to be using wet hops throughout the year. You're going to be using those processed hops, uh, throughout the year, regardless of the weather. So the wet hops to use them, uh, without them getting moldy, uh, degrading, breaking down and losing all that good stuff that you're there for in the first place. Uh, you got to use them as quickly as possible. And, um, especially if you live in the Northwest Pacific Northwest or West coast, uh, you're, you can probably find a local brewery, uh, that's doing a wet hop beer or fresh hop beer. Uh, and they're oftentimes being picked and then thrown in the boil kettle within a matter of hours, uh, if not even sooner, the closer you live to a hop processing plant or a hop farm um, or whatever farm it is that's growing those hops. And the faster it gets in the kettle, uh, the better, the fresher it is. Um, These days, that generally means those hops are being FedExed or driven directly from the hop farm or uh, wherever they're being processed to the brewery and then thrown in the kettle. So you've already got a brew in the process and you're ideally you've got that boil ready for those hops or whether you're going to be using them for dry hopping or whatever it is, you've got it down ideally to the minute that those hops are going to go in the kettle uh, or in the fermenter or however they're being used that's really as as close to perfect timing as you can get so uh, if you follow any kind of hop farms on social media you'll see uh, talking about hops being packaged and shipped uh, you know like overnight FedEx or whatever or even being flown same day uh, down to Southern California or 
to Denver or wherever they may be going. And it's getting a little more widespread with more hop farms popping up. I know there's some hop farms in Michigan. There's some in New England. Uh, so wherever they are, it's a pretty big deal in those hyper-local areas. And it's all about timing. So like I said, a lot of times it'll be that brew day is literally scheduled down to the minute of when those hops are going to arrive, go in the kettle, uh, go in the whirlpool, however they're being used. It's a, a pretty important day in uh, the brewing schedule. So on the note of wet hops and being desired for those specific properties for being a wet hop and unprocessed, um, some hops are really not considered desirable as wet hops um, because not all these hops varieties express themselves the same as a fresh hop or a wet hop as they do once they've been killed and processed. Um, and there can be, I guess, pretty big differences. Uh, I've mentioned the beer Bible a billion times, but uh, there is a section in there talking about different hops types and uh, different processing and uh, the author Jeff Allworth mentions uh, freshly picked Hallertau as tasting like sour beef, which, uh, no thank you for a hopping, for a hop flavor. No thank you. Uh, it's a classic noble hop used in a lot of continental beers, um, German styles, European styles, pretty classic hop. Uh, can be a little bit spicy, a little fruity. Uh, sour beef is not really where people are going to go with that one. So, uh, depending on the hop, apparently some of them are not really desired as fresh hops. Um, yeah. So like I mentioned, uh, can be fresh hops can be about 80% moisture. Um, so because of that moisture content, the volume of wet hops, uh, being used is much higher uh, as compared to uh, processed hops, uh, even whole cone dried hops or whole leaf, whatever you want to call them. Um, pelletized hops, uh, cryo powder, cryo hops, um, those, it can be a big difference. And uh, for me, wet hops can be really grassy and really green and just not really desirable. I just kind of get grassiness from a lot of them, a lot of beers I've had like that. And I get the same kind of thing from cryo hops. I get that kind of grassy, vegetal, green, not really my thing, but they get there from different processes and um, not really sure where I was going with that. Jesus. Dry hopping is obviously a very big, uh, at least keyword, if not uh, important to you, then you, you know, you've at least probably heard about dry hopping. Now people are discovering hop creep and how that is affecting beers. But uh, going down the rabbit hole, uh, back to dry hopping. Uh, you can dry hop with wet hops. So... Dry hopping does not mean that the hops are dry. Dry hopping is a process of using hops 
after uh, the boil, you can also whirlpool hop. Um, you can you can if you're not hopping in the boil, then you can whirlpool hop. You can hop during primary fermentation, after primary fermentation, and and even further down the road. Um, you know, however you want to use that at a certain point, I think it's a little ridiculous, but you can dry hop with wet hops and it's essentially means dry hopping on the cold side. So at some point after the boil, um, you can, you can put wet hops in the boil, but kind of back to what I said earlier, kind of defeating the purpose because, uh, it's, it's going to eliminate some of that uniqueness of that green, fresh hop character that the brewer's after in the first place. That's why they'll pay a premium and pay the shipping and, you know, schedule everything to work out just right on hop harvest. And the moment they're going to get those hops, throwing those right in the boil is kind of, kind of going to make it a moot point. Um, and it's going to drive you know, throwing it in the boil is going to drive off some of those aromatics that you want. And, uh, so you can dry hop with wet hops and that's going to help preserve as much of those volatile aromatics as possible because it's not going to, because of the heat or lack of heat, it's not going to, um, drive off some of those really volatile compounds that you want in your finished beer. Uh, and then of course, because of that, it must be, you got to serve it as fresh as possible. So you're probably not going to wet hop something and then lager it for three months. Um, again, you really want it as fresh as possible as quickly from the harvest to the brewing process to the consumer. That's really the goal here. And might be more of a challenge this year than normal uh, because of, you know, shutdowns and precautions and different safety measures being taken. Uh, you know, a lot of draft sales have dried up and a lot of it's moved over to cans or to-go sales, stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot of draft sales that have come back, but uh, might be a bit more of a challenge this year. So, um as timely as this is, this is Thursday, September 3rd. Uh, you might want to, if you want some fresh hot beers, uh, get after it because it won't be around long. On a personal note, I've never really been into wet hot beers, fresh beer or fresh hot beers. Uh, as I said, I primarily, as I said, I primarily get grassy and kind of wet vegetable, wet grass aromas and flavors, but I do appreciate all that goes into the finished product. It's a lot of scheduling and timeline management, uh, especially on the, uh, the hop farmer side of things and the processing. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So I appreciate all that that goes into it. Um, I'm sure that I'll be finding anything I can in the next couple weeks. Uh, if nothing else to remind myself that wet hops aren't really my jam, but you know, it's only here once a year, um, unless you're Lagunitas and vaguely claim to have some scientific solution to this, which is just Southern hemisphere hops. But anyway, 
plus I've never had wet hop strata before, so I'll be looking for that because I swear to God, every wet hop post or fresh hop post or hop harvest post I've seen in the last week has been about fresh hop strata, uh, which if you have not listened to the episode with Jim from Indie Hops, go listen to that because Indie Hops develop strata and it's a pretty cool episode. Um, and the dividends are really, uh, I think headed their way right now because every goddamn brewer in the world is after strata. So, uh, yeah, I'll be looking for some of those, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, separately, the may not be a word you think of when it comes to hops, but terroir uh, is a pretty big selling point these days when you've got, uh, you know, the property, the, uh, I don't know if it's intellectual property, but um, the trademarks and patents on hops, uh, you know, it's can be worth a lot of money. So, um, again, back to the episode with Indie Hops, uh, the makers of Citra and Mosaic, I don't remember who that is, but they don't license out those rights to grow that hop or those hops to other farms or to other processors. Um, even though they might be able to make a little more money, uh, it's more about the, the rights to it. Um, and so, you can't necessarily just grow, uh, say, Citra in uh, Michigan and just call it Citra just because you have some rootstock and, um, you know, you have to have the rights for it. It's got to be by the book and all that. So terroir can come into that, uh, whether it's your sanctioned and growing hops in a different area, uh, that can even be a moot point because you can take Cascade from, uh, you know, Yakima Valley and go and plant that in Germany. And it's probably not going to be the same hop at all and could be really, really different, uh, based on just growing conditions, uh, season elevation, temperature swings, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it can, it can make a big difference. And I've heard stories about, you know, a brewer or a a hop farmer taking, um, nugget and, you know, from the Pacific Northwest and growing it on the East coast and being so different that they couldn't even call it the same breed of hop because it was so different that you wouldn't recognize it for what it came from. So that can be a pretty big selling point. It's not just necessarily a negative. It can be a pretty big selling point, uh, especially for wet hops because it's literally the freshest expression of that hop, that harvest, that crop, that year, and uh, that location. So, you know, a fresh hop harvest from Michigan could be a different product, even if it's the same hop from the fresh hop in, you know, Willamette Valley. Uh, and especially in craft, that's a thing people take pride in these days. Uh, the locality and the terroir and the differences between this and that. And that's why local breweries do so well for the most part. So it can be 
a pretty big selling point. Um, and you know, Michigan fresh hops probably aren't going to be, uh, in any beers in Oregon when Oregon has the Willamette Valley and the up North, the Yakima Valley. So it can be a, a big selling point. And, you know, terroir sounds like a douchey French wine kind of thing, but it's for real. It's a real thing. Uh, I used to hear it and just think like some douchey wine obsessed person is telling me why this wine is different than that wine and whatever. I don't know. Terroir is a real thing. I, I understand that now and it's an exploited word for sure, but it does have meaning. So, uh, you know, take it for what you will. I think that's going to be it for this one. Uh, I just wanted to, I'd actually worked on a couple other episodes and then realized I forgot to do a fresh hop episode. So, uh, this one is a little short, a little off the cuff, but it is hop harvest season. And, uh, I guess if you find some wet hop beers or fresh hop beers in your local area, and you know, this is the beginning of September, you know, if you find a fresh hop beer in December, it's probably not really any longer a fresh hop beer. But if you find some stuff right now, early September, mid, even even probably maybe even late September, uh, give it a shot if you haven't had fresh hop beers before. If you're in uh, Australia or New Zealand, uh, feel free to comment here or comment on a post or shoot me an email, uh, tom at beertruth.com, about the Southern Hemisphere hop harvest. That would be a, an interesting topic to dive into. But uh, if you find some fresh hop beers, wet hop beers, give it a shot. See what you think. Um, you know, why not? It's beer. It's something that only comes around once a year. And, uh, you know, it's not my favorite thing in the world. But uh, if I can get my hands on some fresh hop beers this year, I will be doing so for sure. So, yeah, that's it for this one. Uh, next week will be another interview, uh, a little bit different take on the industry and, um, lining up some more interviews for the future. So hopefully going to be, uh, getting a little more focused on the interview side of things. Um, but, uh, I will keep you up to date on that. Uh, as always, please, uh, rate and review the show on whatever platform you're on. Um, that's a great way for other people kind of exploring different podcasts to see uh, if it's worth their time to check it out. And I think so. I hope you think so. Um, and if you do, just do me that favor and even just give it a, a star rating. Um, obviously five stars because this is obviously the best podcast you've ever listened to. Uh, and follow the show on Instagram, beertruth.podcast. Um, if you have any questions or comments or, uh, you want, you know, a certain brewery, you want me to reach out to them to interview them or, or if you're a brewery and you want to get on the show, uh, Tom at beertruth.com, feel free to email me. Um, what else? I'm missing something. I don't know. You've heard this, this little spiel before. So, uh, yeah uh, another interview next week 
And until then, uh, cheers. I'm surprised you're still here and still listening. Man, this is going well.